Are you ready to take your real estate investing business to the next level? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. With your mentors, Wayne and Gabby. Good morning and welcome to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Today is Thursday, September 15th, 2022. The weather today will be a high of 21 degrees in Edmonton. Nice. We're like 45 days away from Halloween. Is that it? Something like that. A little over a month. Uh, what is 9 plus 31? 40? Yes. What? We are 40 days away. What do you mean? Oh, sorry. I was looking at the degrees. <laughs> Can we start the show over again? Yes. Reset. <laughs> I was looking at 21 degrees. Not that it was the 15th. <laughs> and then what's 9 plus 31? <laughs> that, that, was, that was to make you realize how many days were left. I was, oh. I was trying to shame you for your lack of knowledge of how many days were in the month when really I just made an ass out of myself. Yeah. Way to go, Gab. Nice one. Nice one. Broadcasting live because we would never leave this in after editing. Yeah, we would definitely edit that out. <laughs> Broadcasting live as we do every morning, Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. Mountain Time. Come join us live. Uh, all you got to do is download a, a particular app called Podbean. Um, once you download that app, search up the Real Estate Investing Morning Show and join us at 6 a.m. every morning. You can get involved in the chat there. There's a chat box. There's a call-in button to call in. Uh, you can call in and ask any questions you want about real estate investing for free. It's free coaching every morning. Take advantage of it or don't. It's your life. It's your future. Ooh. Yeah. Going deep. <laughs> <clears throat> Today's Thursday, huh? It is. Yesterday was uh, was pretty crazy for me. It wasn't crazy. It was Why just was that crazy, stuff. Wayne? That wasn't crazy. It was just doing stuff I don't like doing. So therefore, it was uh, nearly unbearable. <laughs> I was. Uh, you rocked it. I was attempting to fill vacancies. Ugh, God, you know, real estate investing isn't about landlording. It's about acquisitions and, and networks and building businesses, like real estate business. It's not about being a landlord. It's not about being a handyman and fixing toilets. So, um, at the stage that we're at in our business. Uh, going back to filling vacancies and, and meeting potential tenants um, in a low income suite is just not fun, not fun. But I'll, I'll chat a little bit more about that in, in, a, in a couple minutes here. Uh, I'm going to quick word from our sponsors and then we'll, uh, we'll, get, we'll get started. Some of you might have heard us talking about DCI Properties and how much we like their process and deal flow as one of the premier wholesaling companies in Canada. But one of the things most people don't know about DCI properties is that they don't cherry pick deals for themselves. Everything they get under contract, they offer out to their buyers list. That's right. No sloppy seconds from no DCI. No sloppy seconds. So if you're an investor looking for their next flip project or cash flowing rental property, get on their buyers list today and check out their inventory. To get on the list for Alberta deals, visit www.dciproperties.ca slash Alberta buyers. Or for Ontario deals, go to www.dciproperties.ca slash buyers. You're looking to increase cash flow. 
Would you like to buy more properties without going to the bank? Would you like to raise more capital? If so, Barry McGuire's AFS program is where you need to be. Join us on September 24th in Edmonton, Alberta. Sign up now at barrymaguire.ca. That's barrymaguire.ca. You know what I love? What? You know what I love the most about today? <laughs> is that when you asked what 9 plus 31 or 9 plus 31 is? Yeah. Someone answered it in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> Probably thinking to himself, man, these guys are dumb. dumb. <laughs> Here I am. I'm going to listen to their advice on real estate investing. <laughs> what is a nine? Thirty-one plus nine. Hmm. Hang on a second. Let's let's let's, let's ask get the, the calculator audience. out. Let's ask the audience. Um, uh, Wilson says, "Didn't know Wayne had a son who looks just like him, but shaved." Yeah, I saw Wilson last night. Um, he thought I looked significantly younger, so thank you for that. Really? Yeah. Wow. What? I. I just interesting. I never really. You do not concur. Um, I don't know. I mean, like, I like you significantly better with a beard. So weird. <laughs> you prefer the beard. I do. That's but there's like a fine line, and so Jeremy asked, "Why did you shave the beard?" And because it's it's once the beard like crosses the line of being like too beardy it's really hard to just like get it to the right length you just kind of got to chop it off and start fresh yeah i guess i mean that's 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 why you think i shaved the beard off <laughs> why'd you do it i don't know just felt like it i just literally you wanted just, to be younger no i just like change the <laughs> season I, I don't like keeping the same thing for too long sometimes i'll just shave my head and be like yeah, i'm gonna shave my head sometimes i'm gonna change things up I just like to change things up every now and then. I understand that. So, you know, Chuck I had a, my hair off randomly. Yeah. 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 The beard was on for quite some time. At least two summers. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I don't know. It, it'll grow back pretty quick, I promise. Um, and I didn't go right down to the skin, so no big deal. Um, what do we got going on in the chat today? Whole lot of good mornings. Uh, Wilson asks, is the shaving part of your investment strategy? Yes, it's my new strategy coming out. Um, no, I got nothing. Uh, I, my my wit doesn't doesn't kick in until like 20 minutes into the show, so I don't have any good jokes right now. Um, and Kirsten says, apparently Gabby likes you significantly less now. Yes. Yes. Big mistake. Rolled the dice. Ken, Ken says, a reminder to self, do some manscaping today. <laughs> change of season, Ken. It's a change of season, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I was working on, uh, well, we, kinda, we, we started talking yesterday. Uh, sorry, I'll get back to the show. Um, started talking yesterday about, you know, taking massive action and um, trying to figure out why certain things weren't happening and, 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 and basically just saying, you know, screw it. I'm going to stop every, whatever it is we're doing right now, everything that we're doing. And we're going to, we're going to change things up to make sure that we solve the problem, the underlying problem that's preventing us from moving forward. Mm -hmm. And then that way, you know, we can build a better foundation, go back to our normal routine and continue to grow. So part of that included me taking over pretty much Gabby's um, role in the business. 
roles and responsibilities. And um, it's, it was a little, it's a little tough. Like the rental side of the business, I haven't, I haven't touched that side of the business in years. I don't, I'm, I'm not involved at all. That email is turned off. Gabby does not tell me when, uh, when things are happening. From time to time, I might, you know, when we're sitting down, we're like, hey, Gab, did everyone pay rent this month? And I'll ask her on like the third. And she'll be like, eh. Like, okay, anything you need help with? No, 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 we got it all figured out. Okay, cool. I go back to working on whatever I was working on. That took a long time for me to get that comfortable though. Yeah, I'm awfully comfortable after one day of you taking over. Oh, yeah. Uh, let me just finish my point <laughs> before we talk about your fucking day yesterday. <laughs> um, it took a very long time for me to get used to that um, because it's it's hard to disconnect. And I know a lot of you like you know think about getting a uh, you know a property manager, just like oh no, I can't trust them. I can't. How do I know they're going to do it as good as I will? And yeah, that's I, I totally agree. Um, we have help for people locally that kind of do like showings and. And that kind of stuff um, and like inspections. But for the most part, Gabby just kind of runs like the rental side of it. Um, and uh, yeah, like for years, years upon years, like I was, I, I was trying to disconnect and I gave it over to Gabby, but like, I would still like, kind of like look over her shoulder every now and then. Mm -hmm. And cause I didn't trust her. I mean, I trusted her, but I didn't trust her. I didn't, I had a hard time letting it go. Just, just totally normal. I think we all have problems letting go of <laughs> what we're responsible for. Yeah. Handing it over to somebody and trusting that they're going to do the, the proper things. Yeah. So as Gabby was saying, she hands it over to me yesterday. And I said, don't worry about it. I got everything. First thing Gabby does, she takes a nap. She, I'm supposed, oh, to, be, so I'm supposed to be freeing her up so that she can finish up taxes. Something she's been complaining about for months. You know First what? It was, it was just, it was like. I'm a little tired. It was like all this weight came off my shoulders and I realized how tired I was. You had a bowl like, of you porridge. Know what? I'm just going to close my eyes for a few minutes. And it was literally <laughs> like, it was a cat nap. It was like 15, 20 minutes, um, maybe 30, but definitely. Like, yeah, less than 30. You would never admit if it was more. No, but it wasn't. Like, I'm just saying it was, I wouldn't, I, if I had slept for longer than that, I would have been doomed for the rest of the day. So it had to be a catnap. And I woke up feeling so refreshed. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was feeling inspired by Cody, who yesterday morning told us that um, he, he, um, hit a little mini goal on his way to a bigger goal of yeah. um, he was able to run three kilometers on his way to his goal of being able to run five kilometers. And <clears throat> I was like, you know what? <coughs> I'm going to go for a run. Yeah. So yeah, I had a nap. I did a little bit of work. I went for a run. It was a good day. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you got lots done. I, I, I feel good about it. Yeah. 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 I, uh, that's that's good. I hope that yeah. today is as um, Kirsten here says she deserved that nap. Thank you, Kirsten. Yeah, thanks, Kirsten. <laughs> <laughs> I might have another one today. Oh, for crying out loud. 
I mean, if it gets you, if it gets a, gets you energized, then yeah. sure, why not? As long as you're getting a good few hours in. Yeah. I just don't want to do this rental thing forever. Mind you, I'm really, really good at it. Yeah. Is that a question? Yeah. <laughs> I'm really good at it. No one, I think no you, one is as good as I am. So Wayne, you are a amazing people person. Um, like when you fill vacancies, you're a charmer and you just have those great conversations that really get to know who they are and get them to open up and you sell that suite like nobody can. And um, I think you're really good in that area of it. But where you lack um, being really good at that job. What are job, you doing right now? <laughs> is that um, sometimes you can ignore, you know, red flags. Uh, you, you get like, you're just like, I'm going to fill this. Somebody applied. Let's accept them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you can admit it. It's okay. G Gabby and I have different we views do. and approaches on filling vacancies. We do. See, I look at the suite and the area and basically I, I will come to an acceptance of who it is that's going to rent this place. Um, I mean, let's, let's choose a basement suite in a crappy area. I'm not going to get a doctor. Okay. The, the one that you are showing isn't a crappy area. Yes. I can go deeper into why <laughs> do you, no, it's okay. do you want to defend that statement? Because <laughs> no, okay. I'll, I'll go into it eventually in, okay. in this episode. But I was using it as an example. Yes. The example I'm talking yeah. about right now is that, you know, you have to come to terms that just because you bought a great property, the cash flows really well, you still have to remember the tenant profile for that type of property mm -hmm. for that particular suite. <clears throat> and I hate watching people being like, Oh, I can't get a good tenant. Can't get a good tenant. I'm like, well, who is a good tenant? Who is a good tenant that would rent this property from you? Like, why would someone want to live in a basement suite? What income do they have? You know, are they, are they single? Can they afford it? How long are they going to stay? Because a lot of our basement suites have high turnover because people just stay for a year and then they move out, right? There's some exceptions, but for the most part, I mean, we found that the ones that are the best are the single young females, mm -hmm. right? Because they take care of the place. Single young males are terrible I have, for taking care of the I place. I have never seen a single young man take care of a place. <laughs> they are so dirty. And I apologize. Maybe there's like a unicorn out there that isn't dirty. Yeah. But y'all are dirty. Yeah. Yeah. But for that particular property, our, our favorite tenant for that property is students. And I think that ship has sailed. I, I've gotten over 50 responses in the last day and a half and none of them have been students yeah well we're past the student mark like they were looking in august right so you can understand that now yeah. what i'm looking for is i'm looking for lower income you know yeah. individuals so what got when i was trying to uh what i was alluding to earlier was um this property we we constructed using um uh the cornerstone grant that which was which was a grant that was offered by Edmonton years ago um, for to promote affordable living 
So I think that they offered $25,000 towards the renovation um, for the construction of a legal secondary suite. So long as you agreed to rent it uh, to lower income families for five years. And they put a caveat on the title and everything like they, they, Mm -hmm. that if you sell the property, whoever buys it has to continue to do it for five years. Or you owe the money back. Or you have to pay the money back. Exactly. So we've only got one year left on this thing of this cornerstone grant where we have to do this, but the maximum allowable income for one single person is $37,000, $37,701. Or it's like 50 something thousand for, for, for two people. Okay. Well, let's just double check that I have it handy actually. Yeah. Someone would be curious. Fifty-seven thousand. Did I say fifty-seven? Yeah. Oh wow, good. Um, So you're looking, you're looking for people who barely, who make a little more than the minimum wage, right? Mm -hmm. Most of the people that were reaching out to me are on income support where they make about 30 something, it's like 29 or something thousand dollars a year or something like that. That's pretty much the majority of the people that are reaching out to me. So I'm either looking for someone on EI or some form of, you know, disability income support, or someone who's like working part time at Best Buy. Mm-hmm. Um, regardless, Anyone who makes that much can barely cover the rent. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're already uh, over, like they're over what our normal uh, percentages are for rent. So at a $37,000 income, that sweet 33%, um, which we want the max to be of their monthly income to go towards their living expenses would be $1,017. And so on a, two bedroom basement suite, um, you know, normally we would be want be wanting to rent that for over a thousand plus utilities. So it does bring us down a little bit. We do need to bring our, our, um, what we charge our rent down a little bit because we want whoever takes a suite to be able to afford it. Mm -hmm. You're allowed to set your rent at whatever you want, but if we set it for 1500, but we can only get somebody in who can really afford $1,017, then we're set them up for failure. Yeah. And we risk ourselves not being paid rent. So we need to bring that down and make sure they're able to afford it and that they're going to pay their rent. Yeah. So like when I walk into that suite, like, yeah, I'm uh, the, the people that I'm looking at are typically not the types of people that I would consider on other rental properties but my standards are lowered because I just know that this is the best that I'm going to get. Not to say that someone on income support or someone on disability insurance is, is, um, is a bad candidate. Like that does not determine whether they pay rent on time or not. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's part of the diligence that you do and the evidence, not the, not the evidence, but like y- you need to gather as much Intel as possible to determine is this type of person the type of person that pays or does the, sorry, let me rephrase that. Is this the type of person that does what they say they're going to do? Mm-hmm. Right. 
And if they can't make rent, are they the type of people that are going to do whatever it takes in order to make it right? Or are they the type of people that are just going to shrug their shoulders and leave? Yeah. Right. That's what I'm trying to determine. So I take whatever intel and information I can find with, with those types of tenants, you know, typically most, most have bad credit comes with bad credit. Okay. Um, no savings, no assets. So all of those things are huge red flags because in the, because that the other side of it is risk, right? In the event that they do not pay rent, am I going to be able to go after them for the money that they owe me? Well, if they got bad credit and creditors are chasing them anyways, and they have no savings, I'm not getting my money back. If I were to get a judgment in court and, and to try and, you know, um, pursue them for, for the, for the damages. So my standards are very low on a property like that. So the long winded way of saying like, it wasn't, it's not fun viewings because most people, the first person that came in yesterday, um, he's like, uh, I don't, I don't have anywhere to put on the application for where I'm living right now. I'm like, Oh, okay. Are you living with family? Um, no, I'm living in my car. Mm-hmm. I go, okay, that's, that sucks. Sorry to hear that. Uh, yeah, I got, I got two kids. They're living with someone right now. And I don't know if they're going to be coming with me or not. Okay. And she's like, I'm not working right now. I said, okay. <clears throat> but I'm starting a painting business. Okay. <laughs> um, and I said, do you mind if I ask why it is that you're living in your car? I, like, that was a really awkward question for me to ask. But you know what? I have mm-hmm. to ask it. Do you mind if I ask? And he said he fell off the tow truck that he was working on, hurt his back, insurance didn't cover it, and he couldn't afford his rent anymore. And so he had to go live in his car. Now he's looking for a place. It's kind of a sad situation. (laughs) He didn't exactly have the personality or character that made him believable. (laughs) Very, very quiet. But like, you know, now I'm trying to remember, okay, is this the person I rent to? Um, eh, it seems like a whole lot of risk there. Yeah. Yeah. I, he could just That's be lying. A big chance. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I, I need to, again, I'm, there's two things I'm trying to figure out. Is he the type of person that, well, three things is he that can he afford this based off the income that he has coming in the guaranteed income he has coming in? Is he the type of person that will do what he says he's going to do? And lastly, if he doesn't do the things that he says he's going to do, can I get my money back from him? Mm-hmm. And I have five minutes to try and figure that out. Based on the information that he gave me, true or false, yes or no, do you think that I have a good chance at any of those three? Does, does any of those three, are any of those three boxes checked off? No. No, not really. And that was pretty much everyone that came in. You know, really great, looking for a place close to a school, We've got pets. Sure, pets, no problem. I don't care. Um, okay, fill out the application, and then uh, you know we'll send you off a request for a credit report. Literally, as soon as you say that to everyone that came through, oh yeah, I don't have good credit. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I'm I'm willing to have a discussion about it. You know, we're all about transparency. So if you can just you know provide me some information as to why. Oh yeah, just um, you know, just missed a lot of payments when we were younger. Okay. Is there any payments that you've missed recently? Yeah. Yeah. We've missed some payments recently. Okay, cool. 
Um, so when, I, but you know, do, so they'll ask me like, well, does it really matter? Does that matter to you? I said, credit scores don't matter to me. Credit scores does not indicate whether someone's going to do something or they're not going to do something. What I'm trying to figure out is there is rent that is owed on the first and there are responsibilities for this, you know, for living in this suite. I need to know that you're the type of person that are going to do all those things. So when I ask for a credit report, it is an indicator, you know, it's an indication of whether you do that type of stuff. Have you done that in history, in your history? And if it tells me that you haven't done that in the past, how do I know that you're going to do it in the future? What kind of assurances, assurances can you give me? I'm not afraid to have that conversation with them because if I treat them like a normal person, tell them why I'm asking for it. Yeah. It gives them an opportunity to explain it. Oh, I've never missed a rent payment. I understand that, but I don't have any proof that you've never missed a rent payment. All I have is proof that you've missed other payments. Mm -hmm. So you got to work with me here. I'm willing to work with you, but I need some sort of an assurance. Lastly, if I can't feel confident enough or assured that you're going to make these payments based off of your history, is there anyone that could, that could co-sign for you and on your behalf vouch for you and your ability to pay the rent on time and to fulfill your obligations of the rent? or uh, the, your other obligations of the lease. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I'll ask for that. Do you have a mom or a dad or an uncle or a grandmother who would be willing to vouch for you and co-sign? Because right there, if I can get a co-signer now, if ever, anything was to ever happen, they didn't pay the rents, they didn't fulfill their obligations, they quote unquote trashed the place, I wouldn't go after the tenant. I would go after their co-signer because their co-signer has assets. Their co-signer has savings. Their co-signer has a mortgage, right? Because they they don't want that to be they don't want that to be affected. So, if I went after the cosigner, cosigners gonna be like, "Whoa, why am I getting served? They're the one who didn't do it." And I'll be like, "You're the one that's cosigned for them." So if you don't want this affecting your credit and you don't want to have to come up with this money, you better go talk to that other person, which gives them more accountability. Because if they didn't have that, then what's what's forcing this tenant from paying or doing what they want to do? Or what they're supposed to do, sorry. Anyways, um, I was talking about like what I was working on yesterday. That's that's basically the thought process. It's not a, it's not a fun vacancy to fill. Yeah. Well, um, so earlier on, Ken, I think it was Ken asked, um, was it worth doing the program? And 25 absolutely, twenty five grand. Twenty five grand. Um, but also, we have been extremely lucky. So when we built that suite, um, your sister had just moved to Edmonton yeah. and she fit the criteria um, and was able to stay with, uh, stay in that suite for two and a half years. Yeah. So half of that five year uh, restriction that we have on it was filled by having family member live in the, in the suite, which was awesome. And then right after that, we got the sweetest, quietest, um, single female who uh, was basically like never there. Yeah. <laughs> and when she was just like a really quiet and awesome person. And um, unfortunately, she was only able to, uh, that was um, COVID was um, happening. So something happened with her job. And then we ended up allowing her to, to leave the the suite early. Most low-income people yeah. work in the service industry. Yeah. So um, she had to leave and didn't fulfill the full year. So we had her for about half of a year. And then after that, we had two sisters um, living in there that were fantastic. 
So we have been really lucky, but um, as I've mentioned previously on this show, um, it's our one property where we have an adjustable mortgage rate and the <clears throat> um, cost of our mortgage payments have gone up significantly yeah. with all of these rate changes. So while we were already getting really great cash flow from the property, that is dwindling very quickly. Yeah. So we had to do a um, pretty... I wouldn't say like, when I say significant, I don't mean like a $500 um, rent increase, but we had to do a significant enough for somebody who's low income um, that they just couldn't justify it to stay. Yeah. So they have left and I was hopeful that we would be able to find another student. Um, last year when I advertised it um, for September 1st, I was overwhelmed with um, student requests for mm -hmm. that suite and had so many fantastic applicants, um, <clears throat> which I ended up not picking students. I, I picked the two sisters, but but like I literally had my choice of the litter. It was awesome. Yeah. Um, but it just wasn't the same this year. I don't know why, but um, didn't get the same kind of response for it. So uh, yeah, we missed that September 1. Um, deadline or, or for the for the students and now as Wayne said this is just kind of the new landscape that we're in yeah most of the applicants um, that are coming in are the type of people that have responded to a hundred other people a hundred other landlords and uh, the other landlords are just like instantly filtering them out yeah right so these are these are people that are like ready to move most of the people that came in say can I move in right away yeah. Um, whether that be because they're living in a car or whether that be um, there's some people living in halfway houses or some people who um, just random reasons that they needed to leave their 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 suites right away. Yeah. Um, you know, they were supposed to leave on the first, but something happened. They couldn't find a place and now they're just sticking around and the landlord's not happy. They want them gone right away. A whole lot of that stuff. Mm -hmm. So, I mean. Some of the people were automatic no's yesterday mm -hmm. as soon as I met them. And I can't tell that from Facebook or anything like that. I mean, a lot yeah. of them, they look like garbage on Facebook. So I just need to lower my expectations, my standards, mm -hmm. and just get them in to have a conversation with them. Mm -hmm. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break, I, I'm going to give you guys an example of, of two, two candidates that we're looking at right now. Two candidates. And you guys tell me which one you oh, would choose. God. Okay. <laughs> so we've got, um, we've got two sisters. Okay. Um, Looked them up on Facebook. They're party girls. Party girls, boyfriends. It's just the two sisters. Um, and even just through the conversation, one of the sisters was saying, oh, no, no, don't, don't worry. We don't shovel the, the snow because the, the basement suite's responsible for shoveling snow. I'm like, okay, so are you going to hire it out. I'm thinking to myself, are they telling me, no, 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 we don't do that. Uh, or are they saying, and, and the show, no, 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 no. She's, she's got, uh, she's got minions. I'm like, what? Oh, she has two guys that follow her around and she just tells them what to do all the time. And they pay for all of her meals and everything. Oh my God. I said, pardon. <laughs> so, oh yeah. I'm like, you, you have, you have minions. She goes, yeah, they're, 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 they're little pests, but they do whatever I say. And um, I said, okay, are they going to be around here a lot? Oh yeah, they'll they'll come in from time to time, but don't worry, they're gonna they're gonna take good care of this place. They clean for me, 
they uh, they take care of all the shoveling and stuff like that, and they pay for all my meals and and uh, you know they even help me with my rent. And I said, uh, so you got those two guys plus you got your boyfriend? Yeah, yeah, it's I got lots of help. <laughs> so we got those two girls. Okay, um, uh, they fit the criteria um, and everything, and uh, and they're not on any income support. They they work um, entry level service industry industry jobs. Okay. So that's option one. <clears throat> option two is the single mom who is on EI works part-time as a pet groomer. Pet groomer is not giving her much hours because the, uh, the pet value that she works at has a, a bad history of pet groomers and she's coming in, she's changing it. She's turning that department around. She's bringing in more clientele. Um, but as of right now, there isn't many people that are looking for grooming of their dogs. So therefore her hours are limited, but don't worry. EI is topping me up and I got EI for a few more months. Uh, single mom with one son who's in grade five and another daughter who comes in week on week off. And she's just trying to get her life back together. Which one do you choose? I'm going to go to the comments and see who you would choose for the basement suite. Or do you continue setting up viewings? Well, who else am I going to find? <laughs> well, that's, that, that's before we go to the answers in the comments. Yeah. What am I looking for here? Yeah. Yep. I mean, the only, the only thing better would be a 20 year old single female, by the way, two bedroom suite, 20 year old single fam, uh, female who works at an entry level service industry job making 20 bucks an hour who doesn't have any debts who doesn't party right or a young couple who both but I can't even take a young couple because two young couples who work minimum wage they're already over the 37,000 mm -hmm. so I can't even use them so I have to find a single person who works service industry entry level job less than $20 an hour barely scraping by and who doesn't have debt who's what also taking a course on the side of the 50 people that have applied so far, I have not had one. Yeah. I mean, if I get, if I see one, I will definitely jump on it. Yeah. But you know, it, it, they're, they're very hard to find. Mm -hmm. Right. And so here's the other thing with a basement suite, the turnover rate is about the same for a single mom with the kid as it is with the, this, the, you know, the 20 year old who works at uh, Wendy's or at, at, at a, at a warehouse or at, at whatever Best Buy. Okay. Both of them are as likely to move out at the end of the year as, as the other. It's just a, it's a high turnover type of suite, right? Yeah. They don't like the sound coming from upstairs. They, they finally start making more money. They get, you know, they, they, they finally get the job they've been waiting for, or they, they get promoted to manager and they make a little bit more money. So now they're going to live in a main force lead, but eventually they move, they move quite often. So the only difference would be the likelihood, the likelihood of one paying, the likelihood of one paying on time is, is more likely for one than the other. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Otherwise they're both likely to move at the end of the one year lease. So 
if the single mom may miss a payment here or there, may, you know, be a bit of a pain in the butt, but I can get someone in now, is it better to get her in now and to deal with that pain for another year until that cornerstone grant is done? Mm -hmm. Or do I wait another month or two to find that unicorn 20 year old who works at Best Buy? Yeah. Who doesn't have any debts? It's like, in my opinion, it's just better to fill the suite right now and just to deal with it. Yeah, for sure. And also, I will say that we've taken quote unquote chances on single moms um, several times and have never been burned by them. They've Love always single moms, singlemoms.com. They've always turned out to be fantastic um, tenants who have stayed way longer than we expected them to. Um, we had one in a main floor suite that stayed for like four years. Um, we had one, we have one in a basement suite right now that's on, um, their second renewal. And, um, I'm sure there's been others, but those are the two like forefront of my mind. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, like we, I don't know, they, you know, they are fighting for something. They're fighting for their kids. Yeah. To, to make a better life. And so they have they have something to be, even yeah, though they're they probably time. not the great. I mean, that's not to say all of them are. Like yeah. there's bad moms out there, but um, you know. Badmoms.com, yeah. Okay, you need to stop. <laughs> because you're like turning this into like pornography. <laughs> okay. I will be more professional. Thank you. Um, yeah. It, you're right. They have something that they're accountable for, and that's 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 their children. Yeah, it's a tough one. Yeah, again, not not the greatest you know vacancies to be filling right now. But oh, I I told you one hundred percent. I'm like, if if you're refusing to show the suite anymore, and you're making us choose one of these two, I choose a single mom. I said that yesterday. Yeah, but that doesn't just mean due diligence is thrown out the window. Well, I'm I I'm not. Most of these candidates, I, as far as like my risk goes for, you know, getting, getting my money back in the event that they don't pay, I'm not getting my money back from any of these people. So I think the important thing with these types of tenants is to just stay on top of it as quickly as possible. If it starts to fall behind, you need to act quickly because if it, if it falls behind too much and that just means more money that you're not going to get. Mm -hmm. So you need to stay on top of it and you need to be swift and, and, and very diligent. Um, so that's, that's the one side of it, but that's, that's one thing you can do to prevent that. Um, the, as far as the likelihood of payment, it's, it's, it's a low grade. Um, very, it, it's, yeah, it's pretty probable that one or two payments are going to get missed. It's just, just from, that's just stats. You know what I mean? That's just, that's just probability there. Yeah. Um, if they've got bad credit reports that they've been missing payments, you know, historically, then it's it's, it's quite likely that, that you're going to experience something again, especially considering the fact that, you know, they're already out of their affordability, mm -hmm. which is also very sad considering how many people have zero options for affordability. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And it's really hard right now where, like, even people who like people are, are losing their houses, people who make good money because, because their, their mortgage renewals are coming up and their interest rates are rising and they can no longer afford their mortgage payments. Well, the same thing is happening on the renter side. Mm -hmm. Like our salaries aren't increasing. <clears throat> Sorry. 
with the rate of inflation. I don't know if anybody's gone grocery shopping lately, but like it's wild, the yeah. prices. And so all of these costs of living are rising. People, us landlords are trying to raise their rents because we're trying to keep up and make sure that we're not losing money. And people are struggling. So those people at that, at who are low income, who are desperately trying to, you know, be approved for something, have nothing except those cockroach infested uh, apartments managed by those shitty management companies, rental mm-hmm. companies. Th- those are their options. Yeah. It, you have to consider that at the same time. And like that's I'm- not to say they're all shitty people. Like I said, some people need a chance. Some people have made shitty decisions. Some people have um, have ended up in situations that are out of their control. Like there's there's varying reasons why people are where they're at. It's not always like like you talked about the um, the rent to own tenant who was in an awful car accident, was T-boned, yeah. and their life was basically thrown upside down because money wasn't coming in and the insurance and this and that. And so they were trying to, you know, maintain life, make sure the mortgage payment was made, make sure this and that, the kids, like mm-hmm. stuff happens to people when they're kicked down and, <clears throat> and you know, are out of options. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're not good people who are trying to better their lives. Mm-hmm. But that's a hard thing to sift through and to figure out who's who, especially like when you're at the bottom, you're going to be fighting to like, you'll lie, cheat and steal to get a chance. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So who's lying, cheating and stealing compared to who's just trying to honestly have somebody take a chance on them so that they can get back on their feet. It's hard. I don't know if you guys are noticing this, but like we're putting a lot of thought into this, a lot of deep thought. And most of the groups and educators, you know, around real estate investing, they automatically just say, nope, if they don't have a 700 credit score and they don't make this much money a year, just say denied. You know what I mean? Don't bother. It's too risky. You do have to put all this stuff into consideration, especially especially if you're buying houses with basement suites. If you're... Sorry, let me rephrase that, especially if you're buying houses or suites that typically are for lower middle class or lower income families, mm-hmm. right? If you're like, oh my God, I got this amazing cash flowing property. It's got four units in this one house or he's got seven units. They're all one bedroom suites in this in this house. You know, they cram it all into this mansion or whichever else. Okay, cool. Just keep in mind, you're renting out those rooms for 500 bucks each or whatever. You know, who's going to be renting that? It's going to be lower income people. If you buy a house, the cash flow is great. It's got a basement suite. Okay. Just keep in mind that, you know, someone who makes less than $40,000 a year or $35,000 a year and has a little bit of debt is going to be applying for your basement suite. Someone who makes around $50,000 a year is going to be applying for your main floor suite. You know, you're not getting doctors and nurses. You're not getting lawyers. Like you're getting people who just average people and a majority of those applicants are going to have some problems. And you can, some people get lucky and they get like just this really good solid person who's, Mm -hmm. you know, just building up their life and saving for a down payment. They save for five years and it's great. They take good care of this. Mm -hmm. But the majority of the people um, typically have blemishes on their application. Mm -hmm. And you need to look really deep 
into and really study and research and, and, and think hard about who it is that you're going to accept. Because Gabby and I have like it's we're having this conversation right now, but we've had this conversation many a times. And you can tell that Gabby and I don't necessarily agree on all of it. We have our own opinions. Mm-hmm. Um, but you need to be clear on who it is that you're looking for. So that way, when the applications come in, you can just or the people respond to your ads, you can just quickly look at them. Does this person fit that? No. Okay, they got three kids. No. Okay, based on that suite, that one bedroom suite, can't have three kids in there. Can't have one kid. You know, those, do they have an animal? Okay, do we accept animals? No. Okay, so you should be able to filter through and just make it a lot easier on you, and then determine is 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 this person likely to be the type of person that I'm looking for based on my tenant profile. And if they are, then you can set up a viewing. And then when you get there, you sell the hell out of that suite. And that's what I'm good at. I'm really good at charming people and then making it seem like, you know, this is the suite that you should be moving into. Um, because most of the people that came in yesterday and historically, you know, over the years, have always been like, oh, my God, this is so much nicer than all the places we've been looking at. Yeah. And I'm like, well, just to let you know, this is a fully legal permitted suite. Uh, with the city of Edmonton. So it has its own separate ventilation, separate heating. Okay. It has all the proper, you know, soundproofing and, um, and heat separation um, for fire code and everything else, proper egress windows, proper interconnected smoke detectors, everything you need, proper ceiling height. And as well, you know, we, we like to make it look nice. We, we want you to, 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 to enjoy your stay here and we want you to take pride in it. And they just absolutely love that. Oh my gosh. So wait a second was my last place not legal? <laughs> I'm like, well, 90% of basement suites aren't legal. So, I mean, there's not much you can really do about that. But yeah, we do have a legal, you know, permitted suite with the city of Edmonton. And, you know, and they ask what the differences are. And I explained to them, it just costs significantly more to do it right. Mm-hmm. But we want to ensure that everyone has a safe place to live. With that in my, in my, my charm, I, I have no problem getting people to fill out applications. Mm-hmm. Right. I want to go back to something I was talking about just a couple minutes ago, though. Um, when, we were, when you were talking about tenants and you just don't know because life happens, right? Life happens to people. And how do you know if they're just cheaters and stealers? Why cheat steal? Or are they the type of people that just something happened to them? And what I think about a lot if you guys have been listening to the show for a long time, you know that I'm always constantly looking back and, and seeing where I was and where, where I am and the decisions that I made along the way just to give me perspective. You know what I mean? Um, there is one particular individual. His name is Jim. Jim, if you're listening, hi. I grew up with Jim and uh, my upbringing was not like the greatest. Mm-hmm. Okay. Lots of moving around, lots of different schools. Okay divorces, that kind of stuff. Um, my upbringing was like not, I was not set up for success no. as far as like stable home. Mm-hmm. Okay. Jim was like almost exactly the same as me. Not a stable home, quirky, jokey kid, right? Everybody had it, but ADHD, Everybody had it back in the 90s. Um, just like, you know what I mean? Like when you think of like social status in school as well, we were both like right at the same. And at some particular point, I started going a different way and Jim stayed on the same path, right? 
And so, you know, you get through school, same grades, same social status, you know what I mean? And then you get up to high school, same grades, not looking very promising for college university, right? Like you got to pick it up in grade 11 and grade 12. Otherwise, you're never going to get accepted into anything. Um, decided to go to college. Um, Jim didn't. And then I dropped out 21 years old. And I was pumping gas. Sorry, I just turned 21. Pumping gas. And I just ha- kind of had that moment one night. Now was, I'm building up debt too, right? Mm-hmm. I'm building up debt because all of my clothes, um, my guitars and stuff were all put on credit cards because I just, that at that particular time, you know, I didn't have any extra money. I was working 39 hours, 36 hours a week as, you know, pumping gas. Like there the, was minimum wage. So I didn't have any extra money. I was living in my grandmother's basement suite, right? <clears throat> I had a moment at like 12. I've told the story on a few podcasts. I've had the, I had a moment at like 12, 1 o'clock in the morning, something like that. After I just finished up a, a large poker tournament and I lost. And I racked up more money onto my credit card because I was, I was using that to fund my, my poker career at the time, which poker was very big at that time. And, um, just wasn't going very good. And all of my friends, you know, the guys in my band were all engineers or becoming engineers. So they were all gone. They were all off at the university of Waterloo and Guelph, you know, going to get their pinky rings. Uh, other friends were off doing other things, getting their university degrees, mechanical engineer, um, mechanical engineers and stuff like that. Um, so basically my whole circle was, was going off and getting their life done. And then it was just me pumping gas, just dropped out of school. And like, there were no prospects whatsoever. The people that I was around were, were not the type of people that are going to lift me up. Right. They were not, the type, I mean, they were supportive, but like the circle was not very strong and the history of my family was not very strong either. Right. So I looked at it. I'm like, okay, my best options right now are to find a decent job and work my way up to supervisor manager right no prospects whatsoever there was a guy who was working night shift at the gas station that i worked at and he had just come back from alberta and he'd been gone for three years i think two or three years and he he went out to alberta he worked uh for those of you guys that are in edmonton he worked up in at one of the plants in Fort Sask, um, made a ton of money. He married his girlfriend. They had kids and everything else. Girlfriend had a good job working in some office, making decent money. And then uh, his 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 wife uh, ended up. Uh, he he went to go buy a truck one day. He she's just feeling feeling feisty and. Or just feeling sassy and said, I'm going to go buy this Dodge Ram, brand new Dodge Ram I've been looking at. And he goes and he says he's going to buy cash. And he goes in there and he tries to swipe his debit card and there's no money in the account. Just like a typical Alberta story. It turns out his wife had been buying everyone lunch for the last year and basically drained the accounts while he was working all this overtime, 16 hours a day. And just spent all the money. And then so he had nothing left and she left him for another guy. And uh, so he moved back to uh, back, back to St. Catharines, Ontario back on night shift at the gas station. Just like typical, go to Alberta, make a bunch of money, lose it all, and then come back and work at a gas station. 
But like, he was the one person that I had in my life where I can go and ask like, Hey, I, I want to change things up. You know, how did you do it? So I left, you know, my poker game at one o'clock in the morning. And I, I had to, I had to be at work at six o'clock in the morning, five hours later. And I went and talked to him and I, uh, and I asked him, you know, how did you do it? Is it really $12, you know, for a loaf of bread? Are people living in tents? It's all the typical stories that we heard in Ontario about like you make lots of money, but you're living in a tent. Like we had no idea. Um, I, I could have Googled it, I guess, but, um, but basically the word was, it was super expensive to live there. And, you know, everybody would be throwing jobs at you and you'd be making $200,000 a year. Um, and he's, he basically told me that that wasn't true. And, uh, and that he showed me how he did it. And then I ended up moving two weeks later. So I talked to him for two hours, went back, slept for two hours, went back to work the next morning. And then the next day I was like booking U-Hauls and trying to find a place to live and applying for jobs and, and all across Alberta. And I made that decision that I was going to go there and I was going to change my life. I was going to make a bunch, bunch of money. It's going to turn my life around. Um, I wanted to get into the trades, but there were no trades openings at any of the unions in, in, in Southern Ontario. So I figured I'd go get my ticket there, make a lot of money, come back and then get a good job as a carpenter back in Ontario. That was my plan. Right. Jim didn't do that. Jim, I check in on him from time to time. He's still fucked. He's still on the exact same path he was back when we were 10. Exact same person. He's chasing 16 year old girls. Sorry, that wasn't my path. But, <laughs> but like he's chasing 16 year old girls, you know, like buying them beer and stuff like that as a 35 year old, just like, you know, horrible facial hair. Just like, just think of like the creepiest bugger ever. I'm not saying I was on that path, but like that was the guy that I was just like exact same in, you know what I mean? And I use that. I use him as a reference, as a reminder of like the decisions that I made. You know what I mean? Because I maybe if I continued on, I'd be doing, you know, a lot more recreational drugs. Um, I never did, but like, had I, had I gone his way and hung out with him because he was the only person that I can hang out because all my friends had gone off to school, you know what I mean? Would I have started hanging out with him or hanging out with, you know, the other guys that were working at the gas station, right? Because that was who my people were. Would I be on that same path? So I constantly from, not constantly, but from time to time, I'll always go back and I'll just check on his profiles and I'll just see where he's at. And it's a reminder of the decisions that I made. And you're right, because life is full of decisions, as you said earlier, Gabby. Mm -hmm. And had I not made that decision that one night at one o'clock in the morning to go and talk to that guy, where would I be today? Yeah. But that's also a constant reminder that had I not, where would I be today? Would I be one of these applicants that we are screening right now? Mm -hmm. I would still have debt. I'd probably have significantly more debt. I would probably miss payments because there's just not enough money to support it. I would probably be wearing shitty clothes, right? I mean, I don't think my grandmother would kick me out, but you know what I mean? You got to think about that kind of stuff because that's relatable to me. Yeah. That is that is a path that I could have taken. In an alternate universe, Wayne, Wayne was not successful. And it was just little key little moments like that. Mm -hmm. Cause I don't, I don't, I can't imagine. I try and think about, it. I try and think about alternate universes where like, okay, if I didn't make that decision that night, had I won that tournament yeah. and made four grand, 
I probably would, I probably would have went to bed happy and I would have spent that money. And where would, would there, would there have been another opportunity for me to hit that moment, that rock bottom moments or that breakthrough moment for me to be able to do whatever? Yeah. Change the traje- trajectory. I certainly would have never found real estate because I never would have made it to Alberta. Yeah. Unless of course, somehow I managed to get, make it to Alberta. And then all of the things that happened that didn't lead me to real estate. It was a person that I met on a night shift at a job I was working at here when I was inspecting. Mm-hmm. And had I never met that person, I would have never found real estate. So it's, you got to think about that kind of stuff because when you think about those little moments and those little decisions that you made, something was presented to you. And then I took that opportunity or I was interested and I asked about it. I was curious or what led me to where I am today. But if any of those little things had never happened, I would be one of these applicants. 100% I would be one of these applicants. I would have never, ever, 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 ever come close to having any level of success. I would be making no more than $40,000 a year. So I would be applying for one of these low income suites. So anyways, I use that when I'm talking to someone and trying to determine, are they just like me? Yeah. Do they have the ability? Are they capable? Are they capable of being something more or changing? Some deep shit. Sorry to throw that on you today. <laughs> Just consider it. Just consider it. I mean, we, we are all human and we all make decisions in our life and, and the decisions that we make define us. Yeah. It's kind of inspiring at the same time. It's a little depressing, but it's inspiring at the same time because you could make a decision today, which could completely change the trajectory of your life. Mm-hmm. Life is full of decisions. I say it all the time. And when people do dumb shit and dumb shit happens to them, bad shit happens to them. That's why I say it. Fuck them. Life's full of decisions. Everybody has the exact same ability to make decisions in their life. And everybody can change the trajectory of their life. Yeah. It's free will. But the decisions that you make determine what you get. Someone's saying welcome, Andrew, in the comments. He just moved to Alberta from Ontario chasing the dream. Oh, shit. (laughs) Whereabouts, Andrew? I think he might have told me this. He just moved to Alberta chasing the dream. That's amazing. Georgetown, Georgetown. Where's Georgetown, Ontario? (laughs) I do not know. Toronto. I was going to say, it sounds like it's Toronto. <laughs> Very nice. Not sure really how to, how to end a show on that. I just, I don't, I don't want to necessarily ruin the moment either. You know what I mean? Yeah. Lots of food for thought about your life and about screening your tenants. <laughs> it's, it's all perspective. Yeah. You need to have that perspective when you're making decisions. Mm-hmm. I certainly don't take things for granted. I am the 
when I sound cocky and confident, it's because of that. I look back and I remember the moments where I made decisions and I'm fucking proud of myself. Mm -hmm. I am. I'm fucking proud of myself. Like, Wayne, I mean, the odds were not in your favor. No, they definitely weren't. So when when problems, you know, when I'm faced with problems or I'm faced with obstacles, I have no fucking doubt on my mind that nobody can do it better than I can. And you you should have that same level of of confidence in yourself. You should have a sprinkle of ego. Because you know yourself better than anyone else. You know all those moments where you could have gone one way, but you didn't. Or you were very likely to go one particular way, but you made a decision and you decided to go this way and look at where you are now. You should be proud of yourself. You should have you should have way more confidence in yourself than anyone else. We didn't cover upcoming events. If you guys want, this Sunday, September 18th in Edmonton, we got our Edmonton Fix and Flip Meetup uh, networking event for investors to come hang out. Uh, September 21st, we have our Calgary Fix and Flip Meetup. Come on out for that. Um, both registration uh, links for that are on our free real estate investing masters Facebook group. Um, just pinned to the top there. You can register on Eventbrite. They're free to show up. I'll be at both if you want to come and talk about pumping gas or single moms. I won't be there. <laughs> I'll be at Sunday, not Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. And then lastly, um, next Saturday, September 24th, is the uh, Agreement for Sale Intensive Focus Workshop. And then we announced it yesterday. For anyone who joins the REI Masters Mentorship Program before next Wednesday, you're going to get free entry into Barry McGuire's Agreement for Sale course next next Saturday on September 24th. It's a huge bonus. Mm-hmm. Huge bonus. What's the, that's like a $1,400 yeah. freebie? Yeah. Absolutely. Pretty amazing. And I mean, it's, it's a fucking awesome course. It's a, a life-changing course. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a life-changing program too. It's life-changing yes. mentorship yes, yes. as well. <laughs> um, if you guys want to sign up for REI Masters like Josh did yesterday. Yes. That was fucking cool. That was so cool. Um, go to www.reimasters.ca. Just want to point that out again. Like Josh sent me an email. Hopefully he doesn't mind that I say it. But like something that I said yesterday resonated with him. And he just said, you know what? He's right. Fuck it. Let's do it. Yeah. Because I'm just sitting here doing the same fucking shit over and over and over expecting different results. And it's not happening. I need to change things up. I need to just say fuck it. Yeah. Let's do it. Right? Yeah. All those moments I was talking to you about before. Yeah. The moments that changed the trajectory of my life. Yeah. You know what I said right before it? Fuck it. Fuck. It's a very important word to throw in every now and then <laughs> in your vocabulary. It's how you know that it really means something. When you get to the point where you're so frustrated that you never want to experience that ever again, or you're so frustrated that you 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 need something different to the point where you have to say fuck then in those moments you make the decision do it that's what josh did yesterday not saying that everybody has to do that if it's not right for you don't join you're just going to waste everybody's time it needs to be right for you and you need to be like it's one thing to say fuck and put you know 
to transact something on your credit card. It's another thing to actually show up and do shit. So you got to be willing to put in the work. But if you do, there's a lot of fucking perks. It's a really fucking amazing program. And if you want to know more about it, you can either reach out to us. You can email us at info at remasters.ca or just reach out to any of the other masters who are in the program. Ask them what their results have been like. That's the best way to do it. But I will end the show now so you can get the kid ready for school. Hope everybody has an awesome Thursday. Um, hopefully I've got some vacancies filled for you tomorrow and I'll tell you all about it. Otherwise we will see you on Friday. Peace. Thanks for listening to the real estate investing morning show. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Interested in being a guest on the show? Send us an email to info at reimorningshow.com. 